0: Chumba Chumba-casino.com. No necessary. Forward, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round.
3: We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, it was on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, "Will you pass the salt and pepper?" And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, "What, Sergeant and pepper?" This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, and we love hearing your stories. Up next, a story from a listener on 1100 KFAB in Omaha, Nebraska. Brett Evanoff joined the Army right before the Gulf War. Here's Brent.
2: I was born in Council Bluffs, Iowa, raised good Midwestern values. I come from a history of family serving in the military all the way back to World War I. Both grandparents fought in World War II, father, Vietnam era, countless aunts and uncles that had served over the years. That influenced me quite a bit, and I decided to join the military, graduated high school early. Just didn't really quite know what I wanted to do in this world other than serve the military and and go on to, to, to do good things. December 1989, I enlisted as a cavalry scout, and I went through cavalry scout training in Fort Knox, Kentucky, and found myself assigned to the Third Armored Cavalry Regiment in Fort Bliss, Texas, May of 1990. And being a new private, you know, the, everything's still new to me. I'm training. In August of 1990, we were out on a two-week field training exercise when. Iraq invaded Kuwait.
0: To all intents and purposes, Kuwait has ceased to exist as an independent sovereign nation.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. Well, at this hour, Iraq remains in firm control of the tiny oil-rich country of Kuwait. We had a, a warning order to prepare to deploy to the Middle East, didn't really understand the consequences of that. We roll back on post and there's trains everywhere, we're loading tanks and Bradleys um, on the on trains to go to Beaumont, Texas, we're loading live ammunition into these armored vehicles to go to Beaumont, Texas, and uh, we had about ten days to, you know, kind of finish shots and some. We did some training. Uh, being a 18-year-old kid about to turn 19, the last three days we kind of had our own personal time, and to be quite honest, I only remember about a, a third of that time. You know, being young kids, off to war, you know, we trained hard and we kind of partied pretty hard. Well, you know, I go over there overseas and uh, get on with my life, get out, go to college at the University of Iowa, and I graduated, I was a F- Omaha fireman for a little while, and then I proceeded to uh, get interested in anesthesia and left in uh, 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 became certified as a Certified Registered Nurse and and found myself getting married to a woman, and we had three beautiful children, and you know, my, my son is interested in going in the military, graduating high school much like I did, and um, great kid on head on his shoulders, but I understand where he's coming from. You know, you don't know what you want to do, and so he uh, was going to enlist in the military, and you know, I'm in my anesthesia practice, and I'm uh, thinking, you know, I'm in my mid, 40s and uh, comfortable uh, in my lifestyle and you know I think I'm got the world by the tail and uh, I find myself in a case in a case and my sister texted me about uh, noon said hey can you talk and I uh, text her back I'm in a case can I call you later she said well call me when you get home and uh, I get home that day it was in February of, of uh, 2018 and I clicked back in the recliner, Remember remember vividly, and the ceiling fan was on low, and she said, uh, Brent, are you sitting down? And she's 12 months younger than me, and I know people out there with siblings, they know when they're messing with you or when something all of a sudden is very serious. And I said, yeah, I'm sitting down, sis, what's going on? She uh, bluntly told me that I have a 26-year-old son I don't know about. And I vividly remember looking at the ceiling fan. I watched the blade go around three times, and I kinda said, sis, I'm gonna need a little more information. Well, the backstory was, my mom was or housekeeping at another hospital, retired two years earlier. She got into genealogy and swabbed her buccal membrane and sent it in, and she gets like an email back saying, hey, you two need to really talk. And My mom didn't know what to do, so she contacted my sister, and my sister kind of was emailing this guy, and it turns out this guy was uh, in the United States Navy station in Italy. And he said, you know, I, you know, on my birth certificate says father unknown, you know, if he doesn't, this person doesn't want to be a part of my life, I understand that. If they could tell me a little bit about my, maybe my genetic history, if I need to be concerned about anything, I'd appreciate it, and I'm just floored. You know, here I have the world by the tail, and, and um, and then something like this happens to you unexpectedly. I, you know, you're only on this earth, you know, a snap of a finger, fraction of a second of time. Why would you not want to get to know someone like that? And so I said, yes, Chris, I would love to, you know, get a hold of him. And my sister sent me a picture of him. You know, we look alike. His mother was down at Fort Bliss, Texas, the same time period I was, and. You know, I, I just harken back to that time where being a, you know, raise your hand if you've never done anything irresponsible. I remember vividly video conferencing with this guy, and up pops this, uh, this handsome young stud in, in the United States Navy serving overseas, and we kind of just, you know, said hello and, you know, got to know each other a little bit. And... Uh, it was really a a wonderful experience. And, you know, as uh, I, you know, a month later, I kind of talked to my family and, you know, told them the story and how good head on his shoulders, um, you know, and we just kind of fomented this relationship of, you know, getting to know each other, you know, and this this kid has an amazing ability to, you know, um, I felt guilty, um, you know, cause I missed being a father to him during impressionable years. Um, and I felt guilty a lot of time and he, and he kept interrupting me saying, Hey, let's not look in the back, the rearview mirror. Let's, let's look down the road and just enjoy what we have. And, it you know, a lot of times it brings me to tears to be quite honest, that this, uh, young man can be so strong and it. It's really humbled me in a lot of ways. So fast forward, um, my son's in the United States Army. And, I, and again, I call my my son that I've always known, my old young son and Tyler, my new old son. You know, he's in the Navy overseas in Italy. Um, my son, my uh, son Nicholas, my old young son is in the army in Korea and I've got two high school girls. and. Uh, you know, when I got out of the Army, I spent four months backpacking through part of North Africa and, and Europe and uh, quite an adventure and, and come to find out my, my new old son um, has traveled extensively through Europe and has a military history entrance. Interest much like I do in my son Nicholas, my uh, old young son. I thought, wow, you know, what an amazing experience. My two sons had not met. Um, that summer I flew Tyler from Italy um, to meet his sisters for the first time. Unfortunately, my son was already in the army in, in Korea at that time. So I thought, how can we all just kind of um, uh, take this blessing and tie it all in together? I came up with the solution to, um, I'd never traveled to to Far East Asia. Um, So I put this out there um, and it kind of came together in May and June. We spent 30 days backpacking through South Korea, Vietnam, Thailand, and Cambodia to be able to see my sons meet for the first time and just kind of try to connect ourselves as a family as best we can underneath the circumstances. And boy, was it, Humbling and an amazing experience. Um, so we're traveling, um, getting to know each other. Um, Tyler, my new old son, does not have sisters, so um, watching them interact and new big brother kind of as we're spending 30 days together, literally staying in hostels and kind of roughing it. You know, that's kind of what what the adventure we were looking for. Um, teasing is. New sisters, and likewise the sisters teasing their new older brother back, and brothers and brothers kind of interacting. Um, you know, it, as a as a father, it it, um, it really, you know, kind of. I was very very happy.
3: And you're listening to Brett Evanoff. He finds out he has a 26 year old son he never knew, and this became the gift, a blessing, as he said. And the son says, "Let's not look in the view mirror, Dad." When we come back, more of this remarkable voice, this beautiful story, Brett Evanoff's story, here on Our American Stories.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip,
1: who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
3: And I'm Skip Bronson. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two.
1: This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge.
3: We continue with our American stories and Brett Evanoff's story. And the family is reuniting my new old son, my old young son, and his two daughters, well, traping around in Southeast Asia, getting to know each other better. Let's continue with the story.
2: We decided that we wanted to see Vietnam. And um, in order to see really Vietnam, Uh, They don't have a reliable public transportation system, so you have to ride motorcycles. And I, uh, through a lot of research, I found a a guide out of Da Nang, and uh, we spent five days uh, touring on motorcycles, um, my daughter riding behind me and my other daughter riding behind the guide, and my two sons riding their own motorcycles. And we drove along the Ho Chi Minh Trail um, out of Da Nang, headed south to the Aisha Valley. And We got a permit from the Communist government to climb Hamburger Hill and, and um, uh, road to Quezon and everywhere we're going we're stopping in little villages and meeting these people and and still seeing a lot of remnants from the war in a lot of ways um, and we find ourselves at Quezon and um, well we're looking around at some of the bunkers that had, that had collapsed and were there and a village, local villager came up to me and he had some trinkets and he wanted to sell them. And I looked at him and the first thing I saw was a US military dog tag. And then I saw a North Vietnamese, rusted North Vietnamese army medal, and so a few other trinkets and so forth, and and I knew I wanted them, so I, I paid, I think I paid like seven dollars, and you know w- we went on with our trip, um, connected as a as a as a as a family, and uh, had an amazing experience. You know, um, my my son that I've never known comes into my life, and we kind of come full circle with the family that he's never known and my family with a son they never knew. Well we get back from our trip to Omaha and I go back to work and I start researching you know on my time off uh, this this name on this tag. Well this name kind of had a unique first name spelling so I uh, first thing I did is I used internet search to find see if he was maybe one of the 68,000 that were killed in the Vietnam War and his name wasn't on there which kind of gave me hope that maybe I can might be able to reconnect this piece of property to a US military serviceman. My preliminary uh, internet searches weren't coming up with anything. I, my wife got interested and she kind of helped me look around and because of the gentleman's unique first spelling of his first name we come across an old obituary from Minnesota of a gentleman that perhaps was this guy's father in the print it said survived by um, this gentleman and his wife and my wife took the first name of his wife and the last name and uh, looked on social media and uh, found a Carol Hammond and we uh, got a phone number and I called and it was a voice machine and I said you know hello sir you know my name's Brent Evanoff from Omaha I just returned from Vietnam and if uh, I came back with a piece of property that um, that you may have left over there, if you're you know the Mister uh, that uh, happened to lost his property over there, you would you please call me? And so a week went by, and it was a weekend, and I'm doing stuff around the house, and I get a phone call from this gentleman, and he says, "Yes, uh, you know, this is me. Um, I did serve. I served actually two tours in Vietnam." Um, you know, how can I help you? And I proceeded to tell them that, you know, uh, I was traveling over there and, and uh, purchased this dog tag. And uh, he, the first thing he asked me, he goes, what numbers are on there? And I proceeded to tell them and goes, oh, that was from my second deployment. Well, he proceeded to tell me his story. And um, he grew up in northern Minnesota and Uh, got in a little bit of trouble three months before the graduation from high school. And back then, uh, you either went to jail or you went in the military, and he chose the military and found himself uh, in the 173rd Airborne in Vietnam, uh, 1967, 1968. He told me that, you know, that he was wounded um, with a a roadside bomb that uh, was command detonated. And, uh, you know, he, uh, if it wasn't for him wearing a, uh, the radio that day that he probably would have lost his life because a large piece of shrapnel had torn into the radio and he, he was wounded in the leg and and uh, and got knocked out actually and came conscious and, and recovered from that um, and went on to serve in uh, Berlin, Germany during the 60s in the Cold War decided that uh, he wanted to go back to Vietnam so he Found himself in the 101st Airborne in 1969-1970 uh, in um, Vietnam, and he said that time was, uh, you know, a lot different than this first tour. They were doing missions of, uh, you know, that they didn't necessarily always wore their rank or their insignia or patches. And and uh, he was in the Battle of Tam Kỳ, and there, his platoon of 35 found themselves surrounded. Um, in a gun battle for uh, 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 at least a day, I thought maybe he said two, and and when the battle was over, he uh, out of the 35, he was one of seven survivors, and in fact, of those seven, two were not wounded and he was one of them. He proceeded to tell me that he decided that, you know, back home in Northwoods, of Minnesota was a place that he'd like to go and found himself there. And, he actually runs a, uh, a retreat for a local veteran's group up there, and, and hopefully one day I can meet him. Well, we had a wonderful phone call. I um, hung up and I told him that I'm going to be mailing this piece of property to him. And I said, um, I, I bought it from a villager in Quezon And he goes, wow, you know, I, I never stepped one foot on Quezon. I operated about 50 miles south of there, actually. Um, and the only thing I can come up with is you know trading over time villagers and so forth and uh, and he doesn't remember one incident where he uh, specifically lost his dog tag but uh, I mailed it to him and you know I, I get a f- email about a week later from his wife um, and it's it you know his wife says it, it really my uh, effort to track him down and return a piece of property from his past really uh, meant a lot to him and uh, you know in my story just kind of comes to a conclusion that two circles have been closed a son i never met before um, reunited with his father and family that he's never known and that um, through our travels together as a family forming them um a new relationship that uh we're able to kind of bring full circle um a veteran's past to him by reuniting him with something as simple as a dog tag which any member who's been in the military knows how much that is a part of their life at the time so you know um that those two experiences combined really humbles me as a as a father as a you know human being and uh, an American that, uh, you know, just when you think that you think you have life figured out, you know, the older I get, the more I firmly believe life is truly stranger than fiction.
3: Indeed. And that's what we learn here every day, telling stories, especially our listeners, telling stories. Great job as always by Robbie on the production and a special thanks to Brett Evanoff. And what a thing to do for a guy. Most people would have taken that dog tag and Stuck it someplace, but he decided to track the person down who it belonged to. And I only know that my, my grandparents would have loved to have had a dog tag or letters or anything from the son that died in World War II, and all we got was a flag. So for anybody who served and lost somebody or even not lost somebody, the importance of this paraphernalia, well, it's not small. By the way, uh, this show, as you know, is free to you, but it is not free to make. And any donations you'd like to make to us to continue to hear beautiful stories like this, well, they'd be appreciated. Send any donations to AmericanStories.com. We're a nonprofit, and we love what we do, and I know you love listening to these stories. and we want to keep telling them. Brett Evanoff's story straight out of 1100 KFAB in Omaha, Nebraska, here on Our American Stories.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round.
3: We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, mm-hmm. I was coming back on the plane. And he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Sergeant Pepper?